This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. What's up, it's your boy M.A. A.K.A. the love ambassador coming to you straight love and direct in an all new decade, in an all new year. Um, ah, well, <laughs> let's do this uh, first and foremost. Uh, please subscribe uh, either on the old podcast or SoundCloud, whichever way you're getting this to help me promote it and make my life easier. Uh, otherwise, follow me on the real LA21 or at random attractive friends on Instagram. All subscriptions and stuff there to go. Ah, right, so uh, there's been a lot happening. I've got a lot to cover and a lot of subjects. So I want to start off with Iran, Iraq. Uh, then we got bushfires and uh, Harry and yeah, a whole lot of shit's going on. Uh, so, um, recently has been in the news with uh, America uh, striking by drone and killing General Qasem Soleimani of the Iran Republican Guard, who was basically the number two. Uh, in the country behind the supreme leader, the old Ayatollah. So it's quite simple to say, and I think quite fair to say, that one one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Uh, and this is just the most prime example of what we can see uh, in this conflict. So to backtrack a little bit uh to begin in order to try and make a little bit more sense because a lot of people that don't know the history will literally be like, well, why did <laughs> why did the Americans just suddenly have beef with the Iranians? Well, it's not necessarily the case that it's today. It's going back to the year 1979 and actually before then. So before uh, Iran was run by the... Um, religious Shiites uh, and an Islamic state under Sharia law, uh, they, it was run by a an emperor or a king, so to speak, known as the Shah of Iran, who was at the time the very, very best friends of America and closest allies, uh, from military to trade secrets to business to whatever you can absolutely imagine. So in 1979, when the uh, Iranian revolution occurred, um, they not only had a hostage crisis with Americans at the embassy, but it also started a long conflict because by taking over the country, they also took over a lot of, at the time, current military hardware. Now, you add the magic oil, which we all know that America is constantly after, uh, and then an Iran-Iraq war where everyone thought that uh, the Americans were backing Saddam Hussein, and it actually turned out that, that uh, when the crack era in the 80s 
with the Nicaraguans was actually being used to also fund to sell weapons to Iran. So the Americans were backing both sides. Uh, and essentially the beef continued until a few years ago where the Iranians came up with the idea of, well, we'd probably like to have the nuclear bomb and started to go about trying to develop that along, I must say, also with nuclear power. So that's the quickest synopsis that I can basically do. Uh, and then you throw into it as well um, the fact that uh, there's two types, uh, two major types of Islam, which is Sunni, which is the majority of the, of the world, uh, and Shiite, which is in Iran, uh, about 60% of Iraq's population and uh, certain other parts of uh, the Middle East. So it's also, uh, religion also plays a major role in this as well. So it's a complicated issue. So that's the background. And eventually what happened, we all know that Americans invaded in Iraq. Uh, but uh, things didn't really go quite to plan with ISIS, uh, nor who they put in power. And Iran started to flex its muscles uh, by essentially backing uh, militias, uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon, uh, Hamas in Palestine, uh, and also the general uh, or the president Assad in Syria during the civil war, uh, and also in Yemen. So they basically, uh, essentially, Qassam Soleimani was the head of, uh, well, I guess uh, from an Iranian perspective, the head of the resistance against uh, Sunni Islam and uh, Western occupation, so to speak. So how did it all happen? Soleimani was killed on the 3rd of January 2020 around 1am local time by a US drone strike near Baghdad International Airport. The New York Times compared it to Operation Vengeance in World War II when American pilots shot down the plane carrying Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto. Soleimani had just left his plane which arrived in Iraq from Lebanon or Syria, uh, it's, it, most think that it's Syria now. His body was identified using a ring he wore on his finger with DNA confirmation still pending. Uh, they've basically accepted now the fact that he's <laughs> he, he did die. Uh, CNBC reported the US had been in pursuit of the general for decades, also killed four members of the popular mobilization forces, including Abu Mahdi al-Mahandis, the Iraq-Iranian military commander who headed the PMF, which was basically the main uh, militia wing of the Iraqi government. Uh, so he was also a, uh, a big wig within Iraq. Uh, Iraqi Prime Minister Mahdi said Soleimani was bringing Iran's response to a letter that Iraq had sent out on behalf of Saudi Arabia in order to ease tensions between the two countries in the region. The US decision in making it... Uh, goes back many years. In fact, even before Trump was in power, uh, Obama looked at it as well. Uh, and at the time, it was just considered to be too high cost basis and the repercussions of not only Iran, but also its allies. Uh, on January 13, 2025, senior current and former Trump administration officials told NBC News that Trump had authorised the killing of Soleimani in June 2019 on the condition that he had been involved in the killing of any American, a decision backed by the US Secretary of State. Well, what actually happened to provoke America, I guess you could say, 
was that the Soleimani, in, in a way, was involved or was involved with strikes against the American embassy in Baghdad uh, with Iraq militia. And also they launched, um, the Iraqi militia launched an enormous amount of missiles at uh, an American base which killed an American contractor. Um, that was used as a basis to justify it being an imminent attack and also an attack on citizens. The U.S. Defense Department said the strike was carried at the direction of the president and asserted that Soleimani had been planning further attacks on American diplomats and military personnel and had approved the attacks on the American embassy in Baghdad in response to airstrikes in uh, Iraq and Syria on 29th of December 2019. Uh, the strike was not approved by U.S. Congress or consented to by the Iraqi government, leading to a controversy regarding the legality of killing an Iranian military leader over Iraqi airspace. Uh, safe to say, two foreign powers uh, not only killing a guest in your country, uh, but also one of the members of your, <laughs> your government wouldn't really go down well. Uh, look, to keep this quicker, basically, of course, uh, both sides would either argue for or against it. Uh, and um, Soumani got one huge send-off um, because he is to the Iranians and, and the Iranians listening in, um, definitely a hero for them. Uh, and also he is within Iraq, um, definitely a hero. And to a certain extent, uh, if you were to take sort of one one positive thing that that he that benefited, uh, I guess everyone is that he was actually instrumental in leading the attack and coordinating the attacks against. ISIS. Now, the retaliation, of course, everyone's seen in the news, happened five days later with Iran launching ballistic missiles at two US bases in Iraq and actually claiming it uh, because before it was what's known as proxy wars where you do a whole bunch of stuff and you never claim that it's actually you. Uh, and also, unfortunately, uh, 176 people died on a Ukraine airline landing in Iran, which has triggered protests as well. Um, the Iranians basically, obviously, due to the height of worrying about everything that's going on, thought that it was an attack by the Americans and shot it down, uh, is their official response. And I mean, look, I try to be as, as, as neutral as possible. I can't see, doesn't matter who the regime is, that they would shoot an airline out of the sky on purpose. Um, for very reason of not only uh, the legitimacy of the government, but also for um, uh, the, the world response. Uh, now, I guess many people will probably be saying, well, okay, I've had a quick sort of overview about this general, but um, who, who sort of, who is he and, and learn a bit more about him. Um, so, Let's go through his military career now as well. Uh, he joined the Revolutionary Guard in 1979 following the Iranian Revolution, uh, which was what I was talking about, which saw the Shah fall to Ayatollah Khomeini. On 22nd of September 1980, Saddam Hussein launched an invasion of Iran, setting off the eight-year Iran-Iraq war. Uh, Suleimani joined the battle, serving as the leader of a military company consisting of men from Kerman, 
whom he assembled in trance, where he's from, and he earned a reputation for his bravery and rose through the ranks. That's quite a common thing. There's two things that he is uh, renowned for his bravery uh, and also his calm demeanor. Uh, he, he won many successful battles uh, and played a pivotal role in, in defending Iran. Uh, he was seriously injured in Operation Tariq al Dodds. And in a 1990 interview, he mentioned Operation Faithful Men as the best operation he participated in and very memorable due to its difficulties yet positive outcome. He also engaged in leading and organising irregular warfare missions deep inside Iraq by the Ramadan headquarters. It was this point that Soleimani established relations with Kurdish. Iraqi leaders and the Shia Badia organization, both opposed to Saddam Hussein. Uh, by 1985, uh, he was also still uh, rising through the ranks. Uh, after the war, during the 1990s, he was a commander in Kerman province in this region, which is close, relatively close to Afghanistan, uh, with the opium trade to Turkey and onto Europe, Soleimani's military experience helped him earn a reputation as a successful fighter against drug trafficking. Uh, during the 1999 student revolt in Tehran, Soleimani was one of the IGRC officers who signed a letter to President Mohammed Katamai. The letter stated that if Katamai did not crush the student rebellion, the military would, and it might also launch a coup against Katamani. Uh, well, of course, you don't want revolutions in uh, a one, essentially one party state. Uh, he, where he further earned his reputation, and I guess where he came into conflict with the West, but also working with them at times. Uh, and that's for me the crazy thing about Persia and the Middle East is it's just the allegiances and alliances just change like all the time, depending on who's fighting who. Uh, so the Quds Force is basically like the, um, it's like an offshoot of the actual military that assists uh, essentially waging war against whom Iran deems to be their enemies and helping the proxy militias like Hezbollah, etc, etc. Um, so he started that around 1998. Uh, following September 11th attacks in 2001, uh, he was instrumental in assisting uh, the US in fighting not only the Taliban, but using intelligence to find Al-Qaeda. But that ended in January 2002 during George W. Bush's speech, where they named Iran as part of the axis of evil. So obviously, if you're helping the Yanks out and then they basically tell you you're an arsehole, um, that would not really go down too well. Uh, Soleimani strengthened the relationship between the Quds forces and Hezbollah upon his appointment and supported the latter by sending operatives to retake southern Lebanon. Uh, he was also very instrumental in the 2006 Israel-Hezbollah war. Um, there has also been comments that he was used in the guerrilla warfare against the American troops as well. Um, during the invasion. Um, and also, he has been involved in numerous conflicts, like I said, in assisting with Yemen and whatnot. Uh, we're coming up to well, 16 minutes now. So there is also a huge uh, thing here in regards to the Syrian civil war, but essentially he was um, 
highly involved in propping up Bashar al-Assad and also in helping the Russians to get involved and also on the ground in terms of helping them recapture lost land. Um, and really just essentially uh, help them, I guess, sort of come close to, to victory. Uh, so like I said, um, there were certain things that he did for the for, for Western and the world's interest, like uh, assisting with um, Al-Qaeda and uh, also, you know, other bits and pieces. Um, I generally think that when he was working for the Quds Force, uh, he did do a lot to unstable a lot of countries and cause a lot of conflict. Um, so, for my personal opinion, I think that he he wasn't really the nicest guy, to be frank. Um, and whilst, you know, you don't want anyone to really be killed, uh, my own opinion is that, look, um, yeah, he, he was doing a lot more harm than good. However, saying that, obviously, if you're looking at from an Iranian perspective, uh, he would be one of your heroes and from, I guess, many opinion from looking at it was defeating enemies trying to hurt you. So I can definitely understand the point of view of, uh, of Iranians seeing him as a national hero and a truly military, truly great military leader, of which no one can really deny that he was, um, no matter which side you were on. Uh, so obviously it's been... Uh, a crazy uh, 12 days to start the year, um, but would they go to World War Three? I obviously doubt it and hope not. Uh, and also, I can't see how Australia would be invaded. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a huge country. Good luck. Uh, and so, yeah, so let's see how it plays out. Uh, also, just to finish... I think it's important to say the Swiss have actually played a major role in diplomacy behind the scenes, uh, actually having the two parties talk to de-escalate the situation. So, like I said, I think I might end with a thank you to Switzerland and may they continue to keep up the good work and uh, keep the back chat between the two going. And, uh, yeah, look, peace is definitely a good thing. Um, but if Iran keeps trying to go on the path of nu uh, nuclear enrichment and trying to sort of essentially have the ability to make the bomb, uh, I think we unfortunately might see another round of conflict. But he's hoping that we do not. All right. Well, on that note, I wish you all a good night. Uh, stay tuned. Thanks for bearing with me on my first podcast of the year after what has been one insane day. Stay tuned. We've got plenty more. Once again, uh, please subscribe because I hate doing promotions on this. It's really annoying. Ah, uh, peace.